Handle on the News. Handle on the News! And now... Wake World! Wake World! Party time! Excellent! <laughs> Good morning, KFI AM 640. It's the Bill Handle Show. I, I heard you say that I'm filling in. Did you say why? No. Bill Handel is the keynote speaker this morning at the uh, San Bernardino Sheriff's Conference. That's right. I could honestly, I couldn't remember why. I remembered he was off, but yeah, I couldn't remember and, why. Uh, he was there. He, you know, he spent the night out there. He was there yesterday, going around. They have a lot of uh, exhibitor booths that are law enforcement focused. Yeah. And in fact, if you go to the Twitter account for this show, uh, it's at Bill Handel Show. You will see a, one of the many, and we'll we'll put them out uh, up throughout the day. But one of the many photos of him there. Uh, standing in front of a of a big sign that kind of makes you think maybe that sign is talking about him. <laughs> I can so go there now at Bill Handel Show. <laughs> uh, anyway, good morning, everybody. <clears throat> He'll be back tomorrow. And let's start. Handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, and me. That sounds like a uh, an R&B hit. It really does. Yeah. Jennifer Jones, Lee, and me, lead story. But it's possible. But if you choose to compromise our security, I get you off with a little thing they call immunity. Okay, James Comey, his big ABC News interview last night. I don't know that there were necessarily any surprises. Mm-mm. It's not a surprise to find out that uh, he and the president don't like each other. What? It's also not a surprise to find out that the gloves, because the gloves have been off in terms of the rhetoric for a while. Neither of these gentlemen are behaving like gentlemen. Just they're not. And I guess if you're talking about President Trump, we're used to it. But James Comey really, I, I worry that what's happened is he's being dragged down to that level there was just a lot of, of in, like name calling right and, right and uh, didn't you i don't know if you listened to a, a lot i know you did but a lot of the interview felt a little bit like woe is me ish i don't know that they for a guy who came across as six foot six and bulletproof while he was in office it last night felt a little bit Mamby pamby at times, I think. I, I don't know. I just saw a different side of him that I was surprised by. Yeah. Well, we'll have more on this at 7, including some choice uh, audio cut, uh, cuts of this guy. And we can decide whether he's behaving honorably at all or not. Yeah, for um, sure. All right. <laughs> oh, the French president says, I convinced President Trump to stay in Syria ahead of the strikes. Russia, He also is saying, well, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what's strange about this statement, I was shocked to hear the White House is pushing back. Saying, no, you didn't. We were in it all along. Listen, Macron's going to end up on the wrong side of tweets from this president if he doesn't (laughs) stop. He's, here's the deal. Could be true. He's not only saying that he convinced President Trump to stay in Syria longer term. He's also saying it was France that convinced everybody that the missile strikes needed to be kind of small and very carefully targeted. Yeah. Now, I don't know what his motivation is. It could just be that he's telling the truth about what happened. It also could be 
uh, that he sees the ability to step into the role of world leader. It to could, step over the president of the United States and be the number one world leader guy. He's almost like trying to, uh, I'll use language that the uh, keckheads can totally get behind. He's trying to cuck our president. Yeah. And it, so I look at this and if you look, I don't know if he really is, by the way. Well, no, but hey, you know, who knows what any politician's motivations are? And when you're at this level... Why not? I could see how they could, that could be the case. But the, last week, he was the first one who made those definitive statements. Chemical weapons were used. We have the proof. We want to go in. We should go in. So maybe in some ways, he's just standing by what he said last week. Because remember, we held back a little bit, as did Britain. We all wanted the proof. We wanted to make sure. But fr- the French, right from the beginning, were saying, let's go in. Let's hit him. We're ready to do this. We've got the proof. So And, and with Britain ostensibly on on their way out of the EU, although Lord knows whenever that's going to (laughs) happen. And the fact that Germany really was like, we don't want to get involved in any of this right now. There is, at least in terms of the European stage, there's a real opportunity for this guy, Macron, to become the ace number one guy. Uh, But it doesn't surprise me the president would want to push back against any suggestion that that pipsqueak over there is telling our guy how to do it, right? Right. Uh, This is sort of sad. Um, Former First Lady Barbara Bush, of course, who's had many health problems of late, has said she's not going to seek medical attention anymore. I've been so many places in my life and time. Now, to to be more accurate, she's not going to be seeking medical treatment to try to prolong Right. Her life. She is getting comfort care. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the same thing as hospice that style Jim, yeah, care. Yeah, Jim Ryan said it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, at her home, her family is there. Look, she's 92. Yeah. She's got severe COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. She's got pretty serious congestive heart failure. And I can relate to the idea of like, look, I've lived enough. Yeah. You know, and now just make me comfortable and I'll go when it's time to go. You know, they've been married. The Bush has been married for 73 years. Yes. And they met at a dance in 1941. Mm -hmm. George H.W. was 16 at the time. She had just come back from boarding school and she said that she married the first boy she ever kissed. That's sweet. I love their story. I think some people now might be like, oh, that's ignorant. You know what I mean? But in this case... In this case, it seems to have worked out well. Absolutely. Yeah. A little something for everybody out there. Um, All right. You know what? Let's break now. When we come back, uh, number one, you're going to have a chance to win $1,000. Brought to you by Cunning Dental. Missing some teeth? Don't go check your uh, coat in the closet, the pockets there. That's not where they went. Call Cunning Dental for a free exam. 888-640-SMILE. KFI AM 640. It's the Bill Handel Show. Bill is out today giving the keynote address at the San Bernardino Sheriff's Conference. But that's not going to stop us from doing the normal things like giving you a chance right now to win some cash. Your shot at $1,000 now. 
Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. The winner is notified with a phone call, which you must answer. Like Denman in La Habra did, he won $1,000. Next chance to win, next hour. All right, let's continue a handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, and me. There's a viral video out there this morning that shows an arrest at a Starbucks that's being called controversial. This happened at this store in Philadelphia. So these two guys go in and they're going to use the restroom. And they're two black guys. And they go to the bathroom. Well, the manager says, hey, you can't do that. You got to be a paying customer to use our restroom and tells them to leave. And they won't go. So she calls the cops. Cops show up. And the cops ask them to leave. They still won't leave. So they arrest them on trespassing charges. And that's where things go terribly awry. Some people look at this and say that it was racial profiling. Some people look at this and say, hey, the sign clearly says customers, you know, only using the bathroom. So why has this become a racial issue? Well, there's a wrinkle. I think that makes it uh, worse for the Starbucks employees. And that is that they said, we're waiting for our friend. And like, we're not ready to order because we're waiting for our friend. And then once the cops showed up and really as the police officers were handcuffing them, the friend shows up and he goes, what's going on? You know, I'm here to meet my friends here. What the heck is happening? And so I think there's an idea that the the staff at this Starbucks was way too quick yeah. to pull the trigger on calling the cops. And then the implication being, was it because they were black? Now, the police commissioner in Philadelphia is African-American, and he says, he does, he says, hey, I'm very aware of racial bias. But he said, in this particular case, I think my officers did the right thing. Now, other people are going to say, but hey, these employees, while they might have been quick, maybe that. We don't know the backstory. Maybe this type of behavior is very indicative of people using the restroom when they're not actual customers. You know, I mean, come on. We've all done this. Yeah. And there's two different things. The, I, I haven't really seen anybody criticizing the police officers. Well, the some people thing, think they, they shouldn't have arrested them, that they, they were too aggressive. Yeah, but the problem is, and this is what the commissioner pointed out, the business calls, they say, we don't want these people in our business anymore. They will not leave. It's not the police officer's responsibility to figure out whether the business is overreacting. That's not their right. That's not their place. True. So I think that the, the police officers did what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, if somebody's wrong here, it's whoever at the Starbucks called the cops. So Starbucks has issued an apology. Oh, yeah. Here's- so in a way, if you're trying to stick up for the Starbucks people... Their own company has already disavowed what happened. Oh, yeah. The CEO's already spoken. This is the Starbucks regional vice president, Camille Himes. We'll work very hard to ensure that we evaluate our training, that we uh, engage our partners in recognizing unconscious social bias. And the other thing is Starbucks may really now be in hot water because the um, Commission on Human Relations in the city they're going to actually investigate Starbucks, whether there's a pattern, so on and so forth. This also, I mean, I wonder if really the bottom line here is it's the problem of having a business with a restroom and being in an area where there aren't a lot of public restrooms. Oh, I think that's always an issue. 
But it's also, I think, the difference between two black guys coming up and saying, hey, can we use a restroom? And two white guys coming up. We'll never know because there weren't two white guys who were in there five minutes before who were allowed to use the restroom or didn't have the cops called on them. It looks bad all the way around. Yeah. Uh, Governor of Kentucky having to apologize for some rhetoric around a teacher strike there. There's a country called Kentucky. I call my home. There have been a couple of states with big teacher strikes. West Virginia, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. Kentucky. Kentucky. So in Kentucky, the governor didn't much like it that the teachers walked out to protest. And so he said, I guarantee, well, I'll paraphrase. We don't need the whole big, long quote. He said, you know what? Those teachers walked away from those kids. And I guarantee you, somewhere in this state, a kid was sexually assaulted. A kid is drinking poison. A kid is getting beaten up. And people said, whoa, that is way too much. So he has now apologized in a video that he posted online. Saying that it was never his intent to uh, offend anybody. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. Well, no, my intent was I'm going to say this outrageous stuff and you're not going to be offended. That was my intent, that you just not be offended by what I say. How irresponsible of you teachers to stand up for what you, you know, believe in or whatever. Meanwhile, you put these children at risk. Well, here's the thing. Let's say it's true for a second that because all the teachers were protesting in Frankfort, Kentucky, that some kid drank poison or that somebody, even more to the point, somebody, a kid was sexually assaulted. Well, so the problem is there's a sexual assaulter out there. Isn't that what the problem is? Or there's yeah. poison that's not being properly stored. Pretty sure you've nailed it, yeah. Well, now, we've been trying to come up with issues to help the homeless. And there might be something in West L.A. that could help at least homeless veterans. This is a safe parking program. So homeless vets who live in their cars now can park overnight in the Department of Veterans Affairs West L.A. campus anyway. They're starting off with 10. They're going to start it out Mm -hmm. slow, but it could be dozens and dozens. And you'll actually get an assigned spot where you can park your vehicle and uh, sleep overnight and not be hassled. I have zero problem with this. I I totally agree. There's two more. Um... There's one, there's a safe parking spot somewhere in Koreatown. I don't know exactly where, and in South Los Angeles. These are great. The locations are agreeing to do it, and it gets these people where they are safe, but also, and look, let's be honest about the other side of it, where we don't have to see it. Yeah. It's in It's in a parking lot. They're monitored, I assume. I mean, if, especially if there's just 10 they're going to keep an eye on that. It's kind of going to be a pilot project, I would assume. Yes, yeah. and they have a motivation lot. to behave themselves. I'm not trying to make it sound like they're the entire problem, but they have a motivation to behave themselves because otherwise you lose your ability to have the safe parking spot and you're back out on the street where it's dangerous. So I think it's a good idea. Yeah. All right, when we come back, more Handle on the News. It's KFI AM 640. KFI AM 640. It's the Bill Handel Show. Bill's out today giving the keynote address at the San Bernardino Sheriff's Conference. Uh, go to our Twitter, at Bill Handel Show, and you'll see a picture of him there. And look at the uh, caption on the big poster behind him that he's standing under and see if that doesn't apply to him <laughs> around here.
All right, we're continuing Handle on the News. Jennifer Jones Lee and me and a very bizarre, deadly fire in Studio City. Uh, this was at a set of recording studios slash rehearsal studios. And if you've ever been in a band, you probably know about these places. They just have these soundproof rooms and you can rent them by the hour or you can rent them on a lockout basis where you get the room 24-7. Right. And uh, stuff goes on there all around the clock. People are in and out. So in any event, there was a fire that went through there and killed two people and left two people with very serious injuries. And now a guy's been arrested on suspicion of murder. But you're right. I mean, those things, you can reserve space at 2 o'clock in the morning for two hours if you want it. So people are coming and going all the time. And you really don't get messed with if you're in one of those spaces. I mean, because everybody's doing their own thing. And and you know you're renting it by the hour, so time's a ticking kind of thing. So you're not paying attention usually to what's going on in the studio next to you. And so I'm not surprised. These are soundproof. I mean, this this would be a place to do it if you're going to do it. But it's, you know, there was it was a fire. So why is a guy under arrest for murder? Well, the theory has to be either he set the fire to kill those people or... Killed them first. He killed them first. He's trying to burn the evidence. Um, Right now, police are very tight-lipped about what's going on. It's a strange case, though. Oh, this is a strange case, and it involves burning, too. This one, though, was the apparent self-afflicted death of this really prominent attorney. This is in New York. And the attorney's name is David Buckle. Now, the reason that we say he's a prominent attorney is because he was the lead attorney in that lawsuit involving Brandon Tina, who was the transgender man who was murdered in Nebraska that Hillary Swank won the Academy Award for playing him in the movie Boys Don't Cry. He was a huge gay rights uh, attorney. He worked with uh, Lambda. He was very, very well known. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he just wrote a suicide note that said, most humans on the planet now breathe air made unhealthy by fossil fuels. I hope my early death by fossil fuel reflects what we are doing to ourselves. And then he set himself on fire. I mean, uh, I mean, that's that is not one that you hear of. Uh, Wow. No. Uh, Speaking of suicide. There's a guy who's invented, uh, and please forgive me, I use this word nifty only if you're looking to kill yourself and you want it to be peaceful. He's invented kind of a nifty thing called the Sarko. And it was the hit of the, uh, what they call, excuse me, the Westerkirk, which is the annual funeral fair in Amsterdam. Sarko is short for sarcophagus. It's basically this uh, booth. That you go into and you can press a button and it will fill up with nitrogen and you'll get dizzy for a bit and then you'll kind of pass out and then you'll be dead. And while you're getting dizzy and waiting to pass out, it has screens that will show you images of nature. Oh. Uh, At this funeral fair, they would not let anybody get into it. But what they had are VR goggles that you could put on and it would simulate getting into it. And don't forget, I think you've missed the... the, uh well, again, best part of it? Yeah. It comes with a deta- detachable coffin. Right. When you're, I guess, just pull you out of there and put you the in the ground. Loop. Yep. And uh, here's here's the other part that's kind of weird because he's been confronted. The guy who in- invented this, 
uh, is a guy from Australia who's a big right-to-die activist, Philip Nitschke. And he was getting hammered over the weekend on, like, BBC NewsHour, and the, the presenters were really confronting him about, you know, you're making this thing for people to kill themselves. Like, you're making, and he said, and they said, you're making money off of, you know, people's despair. And oh, he said, sure. I'm not making a dime off this because I'm not selling this. This is a thing that you will 3D print for yourself. So I can, uh, the only thing I can say is he's not trying to make money from it. Still going to be controversial, though. Wow. Well, uh, is there enough evidence now for a murder trial for Robert Durst when it comes to the killing of his friend here in L.A. in 2000? You know, it's amazing to me. He Wasn't he arrested three years ago now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they still have not gotten past the preliminary hearing stage in this case, made famous, of course, by that HBO documentary, The Jinx. But apparently they're going to try to get past that stage. Here's the problem. Uh, for one thing, a lot of the evidence is people saying things that Robert Durst says. Okay. Uh, so you got a lot of hearsay. Right. Including stuff from the victim, Susan Berman, who, of course, can't testify now about things that Robert Durst said or things that she said to other people that he's going to kill me because he killed her. Right. I'm sorry. He allegedly killed Alleg- her. Right. And uh, also, you've got a lot of people who, uh, if this goes on too much longer, they might not be available to come to the trial. Right. So the longer that the defense is able to delay things, the better chance they have at, at having that the DA will have less evidence to present at an eventual trial. And how old? What? Seventy five. He's seventy five now. Yeah. And he's in pretty poor health. Right. Uh, he's not doing that well. So there's I mean, this may never actually come to trial. Okay, this is very sad for both for both movie fans, but also, of course, for the military, uh, R. Lee Ermey dead at 74. What have we got here? I got your name. I got your ass. Maybe best known for uh, for playing that role in uh, Full Metal Jacket, but he was in many films. Films and I didn't know too. He was a voice of a lot of video games. Yes, because he has an amazing voice. Oh my gosh! And yeah. he's a great. He is. He was a great actor. Yeah. He always. He usually played characters that the character didn't really have a sense of humor. Right. But he had a wonderful sense of humor. And let us not forget, of course, he was an actual marine. Right. Oh yeah. And he did. Um, I don't remember what the show was, but I remember uh, Scott used to watch it was some military show where he, you know, it was like one of these military history shows or whatever. And he hosted that. And there was something about having a guy still dressed in uniform, giving you the history in these stories. And he was he was just great. But that the cut that John played, that was the first thing I thought of when I read that last night. I thought, oh, that's Brian Suits's intro for right. when he comes on Handle. All right. Uh, when we come back, more Handle on the news right here on KFI AM 640. Jennifer Jones Lee. KFI AM 640, Bill Handel Show. Bill is out today giving the keynote address at the San Bernardino Sheriff's Conference. I just put another photo of him up on our Twitter. 
at Bill Handel Show. And uh, if you're missing that corny Bill Handel sense of humor, well, go look at the latest post on Twitter of him and his caption for his photo. You'll get you'll get all the corny humor you probably need for the whole day. Yes. Would be my guess. Uh, we're continuing Handle on the News, Jennifer Jones Lee and me. Well, the president's personal attorney says no, it's not true. That FBI raid on my offices and my homes did not turn up evidence of my meeting in Russia. Yeah, this is actually a controversy about whether he was in Prague mm-hmm. meeting with some Russians. And he said, look, check my passport. There's no stamp, but there's a way he could have gotten there. Yeah, that means nothing in the European Union because you can come into any country there and then freely go across the borders and you don't need to get your passport stamped. So so he could have gone indirectly, could have gone through Germany or something. And right. Got, so anyway, the uh, you know whether or not he was there, apparently... There is a leak, because we don't know for sure, but that in that FBI raid, that there's confirmation that he was somehow in Russia. But he keeps saying, no, I wasn't. There's no evidence. Looky here. We are all at a disadvantage right now because the the good information is not out. Right. Which would be the what they call the return on the search warrant, which would be to say this is all the stuff that we took. Uh, and so people like Michael Cohen right now, they can say anything they want. Will we ever see that? How does that work? Eventually, well, if there's a trial, for example. But other than that, there's we, no... uh, Depending on how this goes, it is possible we will never know everything about what they found or didn't find. Hey, um, this is a big headline, but I don't know that it's a big deal. Over 20% of President Trump's 2020 re-election campaign money went to legal fees so far this year. But I'd like to make a Over $800,000 in payments for legal consulting made to eight different firms. Almost $350,000 of that to Jones Day, one of the biggest law firms on the planet. But you know what? Unless I can tell what percentage of other campaign budgets go to legal consulting, I don't know if this is a big deal or not. So how about if you're going to... I don't know, report something like this as if it's a big deal. Give me some data to compare it to. Exactly. But in any event, in case you were wondering, he also paid uh, over $90,000 to Charles Harder. Charles Harder, you may remember him as the attorney for Hulk Hogan who completely destroyed Gawker, Gawker. Media. Oh, right. And Charles, man, I'll tell you, if I wanted to sue somebody and I could afford him, or I could convince him to take it on contingency. That's exact. That's the first person that I would call. So somebody in the Trump world is starting to figure out who the good lawyers are. Well, Wayne, I think you could afford him because you are probably a financially savvy Californian. There's this new report by Smart Asset that shows we in California tend to save at a much higher rate than most people in the U.S. So congratulations, Californians. This one did surprise me, though. San Francisco got a perfect score of 100. Number two, Santa Maria. Number five, Salinas. Number six, Eureka. Number nine, San Diego. And then I laughed when Sacramento came in number 16. But even up in Sacramento at lowly number 16 of being financially savvy, they save 
at almost three times the national average. Yeah. That's interesting to me because you would think in California with the high right. real estate prices right. that you'd, it would be much harder to save. Maybe it's harder to save, but maybe we're more conscious because it is so expensive to live here that we're thinking our mortgages and our rents are so high. We've got to keep our money close to us. Yeah. Uh, and finally, oh. just buy your makeup at a reputable store. Gross. Yeah, poop, poop, indeed. Poop all throughout a bunch of counterfeit cosmetics that were seized down at uh, the Fashion District in downtown L.A., $700,000 worth of poop-infected cosmetics. Fake versions of brands like Kylie and Mac and Urban Decay oh, and boy. Anastasia and Naked and Too Faced. And they tested very high for uh, other, not just not just the poop, other bacteria is in there also. And guess what? A little over a year ago, there was a raid down there and the same thing. They got a bunch of fake cosmetics and they were just festooned with feces. So we didn't learn our lesson. No, and what happen- here's what happens down there. Every so often, people start complaining that the makeup that they're buying there is giving them rashes. Weird. And then law enforcement goes down there and takes it all, and invariably, it's full of poop. All right. Uh, when we come back, uh, Comey's big television interview last night, we have a couple of choice cuts, and uh, we'll talk about how we feel about all of this. It's KFI AM 640.